Hello and welcome to today's Our Voices, a Voice of Japan podcast. Hi, I'm Leslie. I'm one of the hosts of Our Voices. Our Voices is the official Voice of Japan podcast released every Friday. We discuss articles from our Voice of Japan writers, feature our members, and conduct interviews with different guests every week. And I am Sachiko, the co host. Okay, so Leslie, a few weeks ago, you wrote a wonderful article titled How a Startup Co Founder Empowers Women in STEM, in which you interviewed Yan Fan. So, can you tell us a little bit more about her and what she's doing, what she has done? So, I interviewed Yan Fan, the co founder of Code Chrysalis, a coding boot camp based in Tokyo. She started her career in finance before making a career switch. To software engineering. Yeah, that's a very big jump. So, how did you find out about Code Chrysalis and about the coding bootcamp? This was actually my first assignment as a writer for Voice of Japan, and it was assigned by the editor of Voice of Japan, but I had actually already known about Code Chrysalis、mm-hmm. before because I used to intern at a few startups. And I knew quite a few people who graduated from these sort of boot camps like Code Chrysalis and then went into work in startups. And I also held career events, but I didn't go to any of these sort of coding boot camps or coding boot camp meetups、mm-hmm. because I wasn't a coder. A lot of their events include women only events or events that mainly are about women in STEM. So that's also why I wanted to interview Yan Fan and learn more about Code Chrysalis as well. Wow. So, in the article, you mentioned that they actively look to represent women. And they mentioned that they seek out women to be speakers. And they also say that 50% of their students are women. Like nowadays, that would sound very normal and obvious. Yet, for Japan, That feels like a very huge accomplishment, right? Right. So, actually, the Organization for Economic Cooperation、right. and Development, OECD, data from 2017 suggests that the proportion of women among science and engineering researchers, including those in universities, businesses, and other institutions, is the lowest in Japan at 15.3%. So, in general, women do not make a lot of the STEM positions in Japan, and that can also be seen from college or university enrollment data saying because that international students are around 11% of the total, with most enrolled in graduate programs, and male students outnumber female students from four to one. So, out of every Four students, only one of them is female. So that shows a lot about how STEM is not encouraged among girls in Japan. A lot of times, female students are told not to go to universities such as University of Tokyo because people may think that they may be discriminated against or people may think that they are too smart and Other people, boys will not like them because they feel intimidated. So, that's also a key factor in determining how STEM is not encouraged among female students from an early age. 
Wow. Yeah, indeed. Like less than one in five. That is, that is definitely not enough. So in the article, you mentioned a leaky pipeline. What does that mean in the con in the world of STEM? And why do you think that happens? So the leaky pipeline refers to the path of women in a STEM career. So going on from high school to college in STEM and then further post-grad in STEM or working in STEM afterwards. So the reason why Yan Fan says that there is a leaky pipeline, especially in Japan for women in STEM, is that as I stated before, there are many girls due to social factors are not encouraged to go into STEM for their, for their studies. And then a lot of women also end up not choosing STEM or doing STEM after they graduate and leaving it afterwards. And so a lot of times it is due to social factors because hmm. there are lots of women who may feel uncomfortable with casual sexism in the workplace, especially in STEM, because there are not that many women in the workplace. Therefore, a lot of times women's interests are not represented. And there are quite a few sort of leaders in STEM in general, especially when we look at statistics for both um, higher positions in STEM or just for professors in STEM and things like that. Because there is so little representation, a lot of people are not encouraged to further their studies in STEM or continue working in the STEM field. Yeah, so, well, there's always been a lot of uh, prejudice against women working, especially in STEM, I can imagine, because this uh, cis men-dominated world still believes that we should stay at home with, quote-unquote, the baby. Do you think this is also one of the reasons women quit or they don't even bother attempting a career in STEM? I think one of the reasons why women either quit or not bother with a career in STEM is because of representation. And a lot of women do end up going into the STEM industry and feeling out of place because of the lack of representation in a lot of these fields. Mm, and yeah. for example, a huge scandal that broke out several years ago was the Tokyo Medical University scandal in which yes. test scores were manipulated for women hmm. in which extremely prestigious medical school, Tokyo Medical University, automatically reduce the test scores <laughs> of female applicants to keep the ratio of successful female applicants at 30%. Oh my god. And so the discrimination started in 2010 after 40% of women were accepted in that school year and university officials artificially depressed the number of women admitted by lowering their exam scores in order to ensure that there were more men admitted than women. And so, essentially, there were too many women, so they decided to depress their scores so that more men would end up getting into the medical university because their reasoning for doing this is that women end up leaving the medical field 
to have a baby in the future. So they thought it would just be better if they had more men anyway, because men are less likely to leave the medical field. Can you imagine? Like, you're this close to gender equality, and then there's this board of men, and it's like, back up, back up, no, we're getting too close. <laughs> and because of huge scandals like this, many women feel like it is quote, quote, shogunai. Meaning no. that it can't be helped when even the entire system is against them. So, a lot of times it's due to so many different social factors yeah. as well as the lack of representation, so that we have this leaky pipeline. Yeah. Right. And it is so appalling to see that there is systematic repression of women yes. in STEM. Which includes medical field or other STEM jobs. And this is absolutely unacceptable because when we look at gender equality, we have to look at everything, including、yes. education and in the job market as well. Yes, and so many women who were cheated out of their careers, who were cheated out of their accomplishments, and how many men are now in medical school who didn't deserve to be in that medical school? Because by lowering the amount of women, giving them like less opportunities, you're actually accepting people with, I don't want to say mediocre, because it's still like medical school and it's still, you know, at a big university, but. When you look at the grades, they, they will probably have had a lower grade than the women they discriminated against. This definitely affects both men and women as well because this concerns our health care of both、yeah. what we receive because these people who may have graduated out of medical school probably weren't supposed to get into medical school. School anyway. Yes. And so it is extremely、yeah. terrifying to think of how many people actually got into medical school because they had forced out other women out of medical school for them. And it just is so sad to think of women who were able to become wonderful doctors and Were cheated out of this opportunity because of all of these men. So, Leslie, you have lived both in the US and Taiwan. So, how does that feel like as a woman to look at these statistics, to read these articles? I think that Jan Fan mentioned that these male creators, slash inventors, slash CEOs, Etc. They don't go in with the mindset of being discriminatory, as in they don't do it to be discriminatory, but it still happens when there is an underrepresentation, right? Right. So, a lot of these practices that involve AI and machine learning, so essentially they use different training sets with their models, a lot of them are not meant to be discriminatory, but The results are discriminatory. So, a lot of things that happen is that when, for example, the AI bot for a policing service, so 
they can recognize different faces, is only fed information that pertains to one specific group, so for example, a white male. And when this bot is used on a population that does not only have white males, but may also have Asian males or black males and things like that, they may have a lot of errors when it comes to other groups because they were not trained for it. And so a lot of times there are a multitude of classes provided in universities and others that talk about the ethics of AIML as well as no. the sort of entire field of using these sort of bots and other models when we are going to use them on a population that is very diverse. Hmm. So a lot of times because many groups are underrepresented in these training models, the results may be discriminatory and that has happened. Shocking. <laughs> so, for example, a black man was arrested for a robbery, but the thing is that the bot that the police was using was only trained with a large group of white males, and so when it swept his face with the face that was provided in the surveillance camera, the bot thought it was the same person, but actually they were completely different and when the man had yeah. to go into the precinct and prove essentially prove his innocence they ended up looking at him and the surveillance camera footage and realized actually they are two completely different people so it's actually extremely important to look at or a diverse array of information when it comes to these sort of AI and ML training bots. And as for myself, I think it's really sad <laughs> to look at these statistics mm. because for me, I was working in a startup as an intern one time and for me, I was the only woman in my startup. Mm. And so sometimes I felt pretty lonely being the only woman in the entire floor because we were in a co-working space. So sometimes I would just look around and realize, yeah. okay, I am the only woman on this entire office. Oh my God, and wow. it just felt lonely sometimes because there wasn't really anybody who is similar to me. Yeah. And also I was quite young at that time being a college student. so. I just felt isolated a lot of times because one, I had this sort of imposter syndrome that I wasn't good enough, two, I was the only woman on the entire floor, and three, I felt like sometimes people would sort of judge me, or it could have just been me overthinking, but for because I just stood out compared to everyone else. I just felt incredibly isolated. And the only perk of being the only woman on the floor or the entire office is not having to share the restroom with anyone else because everyone else is a man. So it was quite tough on me because 
I just felt like I didn't have anybody to sort of confide with, and、mm. I just felt so different from everyone else. Absolutely, yeah. So one thing that the article also features heavily is on startups and how difficult it is for women who are often seen as secretaries or basically anyone who is not a CEO or president or anyone with any position of power. I really liked her advice of believing yourself. Right. So I definitely agree with believing yourself because when I was working in a lot of these techy startups. A lot of times, I just didn't believe in myself because I think both the social factors of not coming from a STEM background and being really young, and also being a woman, it definitely cut down on my confidence a lot when I was trying to have meetings with all these different startups or all these different professionals. And a lot of times, that is your inner saboteur, and. You really do have to sort of tell yourself.、Mm. Would your friend say this to you? Would you say this to a friend? Which is one of the advice that Yan Fan gave: is when you start to look at yourself and judge yourself as, oh, I'm not good enough. But would you tell that to a friend? Definitely not. So it's really important to just go for it. Indeed. Well. Thank you so much for writing the article, for doing the interview, and for just sharing everything that you learned with everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to talk about this and talk more about women in STEM. And this wraps up our podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And this podcast will be available on Spotify as well as many other platforms. Don't forget to follow us on social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and to hit the like button if you're on YouTube. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.